0: That's investher, H-E-R, con.com, promo code 100, best ever to get $100 off your ticket. The
1: number one thing that helps you shift from being a commission earner to being a problem-solver deal maker, is when you do that initial intake call a little bit
0: differently. Before we get into it, I want to introduce you to Groundbreaker, today's sponsor and partner, With no limits on deals or investors. And you can read all about the pricing on their website. Speaking of their website, it is groundbreaker.co forward slash Joe, J O E. And when you go there, groundbreaker.co forward slash J O E, you're going to get access to a pitch deck that the Groundbreaker team created so that you have a template For more information, go to bestevershow.com. Best Ever listeners, today's guest is being interviewed by Theo Hicks. You know, Theo, he's with us every Friday on Follow Along Friday. You're going to get a lot of value from this conversation. So with that being said, let's get going.
2: Hello, Best Ever listeners, and welcome to the Best Real Estate Investing Advice Ever Show. I'm Theo Hicks, and today we'll be speaking with a repeat guest, John Chin. John, how are you doing today? I'm doing awesome, man. Thanks for having me again. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for taking the time to speak with us. And today being Sunday, we're gonna be doing a skill set Sunday. We talk about a specific skill set that can help you in your real estate business. And we're going to talk about how you can go from being a real estate agent who chases commissions to being a real estate agent wolf. So <laughs> John's going to explain what that means, where the word wolf come from, because he told me a really funny story before he got on it. I wanted to tell again of where it came from to have this concept hit home for you. But Before we get into that. A refresher on John's background: He is a founder of Investor Agent, and Investor Agent has done 2,800 rentals and flips, mostly short sales, foreclosures, and REOs. Closed over 260 million dollars in residential investments, and currently manages over 470 cash flow rentals. He's based in Orlando, Florida, and the website is InvestorAgent.com. So, John, am mind telling us a little bit more about your background? and what's your focus on today?
1: Yes. I cut my teeth in traditional residential real estate brokerage. And then like a lot of us who end up in the investment business, where we're flipping houses and buying rental properties and building cash flow portfolios and serving investors to do the same thing, there was a pivotal relationship in our past. We met somebody and they kind of set us on a fast track of doing deals and kind of got us off of that. We call it the sales hamster wheel, where you are in perpetuity unemployed and chasing the next closing or closings. So I was fortunate enough to have that kind of relationship and pivot the trajectory of my real estate career to actually doing deals and then using my license as a way or just a tool to solve problems for sellers. So it's kind of a paradigm shift. And that whole wolf story came from Pulp Fiction, where we kind of liken ourselves to One of the characters in Pulp Fiction, Mr. Wolf, so anybody's listening who saw that movie, there was that accident in the back of the car. They ended up at Quentin Tarantino's character's house, and he was going through the roof. He was upset because he had a dead person in his garage. So the boss guy sent his problem solver to the house to fix that problem, and his name is Mr. Wolf. So he shows up in the tuxedo at the front door. And he says, hi, Mr. Wolf, I solve problems. And then he comes in and cleans up the whole situation. So that's what we kind of do for sellers. And I think the biggest paradigm shift I had that helped me transform from being somebody who just tried to chase more closings and more listing and buying commissions to somebody who was actually building wealth was the paradigm shift from being a salesperson to being a true problem solver for homeowners or property owners. Which means that you go from only being able to make money one or two different ways as a licensed salesperson to actually being able to make money maybe eight to 10 different ways on a property while solving problems for homeowners that are a little bit more flexible that most licensed agents can't do. So you end up making more money, you end up getting more deals for yourself, and you end up solving more problems for sellers.
2: Perfect. And you're talking about in order to start this process of solving the, the homeowner's problem is properly doing the seller intake. So you talked about a form that you have that uh, yeah. people use. So if you can you explain at what point in the process is this used? Like, is it when I find a lead and then maybe tell us what people usually do if they're not doing seller intake?
1: If you get into the mind of a traditional licensed agent who's working what we call the retail business, and that's all they do exclusively, right? They work with buyers and they work with sellers. When you talk to a homeowner in that space, what you're trying to do is turn that phone conversation into a listing presentation or a appointment at the seller's house or at your office to list their property. And to do a CMA for them, a lot of times you do your formal listing presentation, basically how I can help you sell your house as quick as possible for the highest net proceeds as possible. That's kind of the goal. And everybody heard the expression, if you're a hammer, everything looks like a nail. Well, everybody looks like a nail to a licensed commission salesperson who's just trying to do that all day. So we bring in this process, like the number one thing that helps you shift from being a commission earner to being a problem solver deal maker, is when you do that initial intake call a little bit differently. So if you just do this one thing really well, number one, you're going to look a lot different to that seller because most people aren't coming to them as an advisor consultant capacity where they're really trying to understand from that seller, look, you're at point A right now and you're trying to get to point B in your life, and your house is a mechanism to help you get there. See, that's the difference, the way you're looking at that situation with the seller, as opposed to somebody who says, okay, I know you're just trying to sell your house for as quick as possible, for as high proceeds as possible. That conversation looks different than the former. So if you do a proper, what we call a lead intake consultation with the seller, and this is the template that we use, and I'll kind of walk through, what we're trying to accomplish in that template. But it's just a different line of questioning. If you follow that line of questioning in a specific chronology or a specific order, then number one, you're going to sound like a consultant, a lot different than most agents because you're really trying to get deeper into the life situation of the seller. And then the house then just becomes a tool or a mechanism to help them get from point A to point B.
2: That makes sense. Let's talk about this lead intake consultation form. So i just going to explain on the phone with the seller. Do you just read straight through it or is there like a specific yeah, so, script that you do or is it like if they say this, then you say this, like a logic tree type of deal? How does it tactically
1: work? Okay, so it's a worksheet and I always have a paper copy printed up and it's a front and back worksheet. So I literally can just print one up and I can fill out the front and I can fill in the back. All of the students that we work with and our trainees and our license agents that we support they literally fill this out, take a picture of it, the front and the back, and then they can send it off. And now we can huddle to figure out how to best solve a problem or turn that into a deal. Or maybe it's a better short sale listing or maybe it's a better traditional listing. But the sheet helps you get there to that if then prognosis, if you will. Got it. So to answer your question, yeah, you just start at the top of the sheet, you go down, you just fill in the blanks. Now the blanks just prompt you of the type of information you want to ask. As you get skilled at using the sheet, the second and third level type questions will follow the answers you get from just the blanks. Okay. So in other words, the sheet serves as a wedge for you to get what we call first level answers from these sellers. For example, I could ask you why are you selling the property and someone says, well, because I just evicted a tenant, the place is kind of trashed and I want to get rid of it now, for example. Well, then I don't just stop there, even though the sheet just prompts me to find out, why they're selling. What I want to do is then go second and third level because that's where the juice is. That's where you get the real nuggets that are going to help you find out what the true problem is for that seller and help you monetize that deal. So in that situation, it would prompt me then to be not just leave it with with that answer, but then for me to ask, well, tell me about that experience with your last tenant. What happened there? How'd you end up getting that as a property as a rental? So all kinds of solutions come out of, the info you get when you go second and third level with these sellers. And it's a huge paradigm shift because most people want to just get facts and a lot of investors too. They want to just get facts because they want to get to understand is there equity in this house or is there not equity in this house and they just want to go for the jugular and they take 5 to 10 minutes because they're spending more time qualifying than they are actually trying to solve a problem yeah. for somebody. So that's the benefit of what we do as licensees is We have so many tools in the tool chest. You got to look at your listing as just one tool in the tool chest, right? It's not the main driver of your business, for example. And that's the major shift from people who the hamster wheel to actually evolve into problem solvers and deal makers. But you could almost look at this sheet as a marriage between what cash investors who are looking for motivated seller leads, what they do on the phone, combined with what your typical licensee does on the phone with the seller. You combine the two because they both offer unique solutions that they both bring to the table. But even your cash investor who talks to motivated sellers, they're a hammer too, because all they're trying to do in most cases, they're trying to find out how much equity you have, build rapport, and then make a lowball offer and throw a bunch of spaghetti against the wall with maybe 15 to 20 sellers to get the deal or the discount they want. Well, if you're a licensee and you take a consultative approach, you can monetize maybe three or four of those out of 15 or 20, as opposed to just one out of 15, 20, if that makes sense. yeah. So, So, So is
2: that where the eight to 10 different ways of making money comes from? You're going to have a higher success rate or are you saying that there's eight to 10 different ways to make money on
1: a particular deal? Both. So the former is what we emphasize because of the latter. So in other words, because you're able to solve a problem a few different ways with the seller, there could be two or three ways to make money with the seller. Now there's only one ideal way that's a happy marriage or medium between what they're trying to accomplish in life and the profit motive you may have as a real estate professional. So you want to find that one highest and best answer, if you will, if you're able to have multiple ways to do that, and there's a highest and best answer, then to the latter point there, you can take more leads and turn more leads into deals. So if you're concerned like a lot of us are about our lead generation spend cuz you know depending on where you are on the spectrum if you're a cash buyer you're spending anywhere from low competitive market 50 to 100 dollars per paid lead up to 2 300 dollars per paid lead right if you're in the retail sales space you're spending anywhere from 20 bucks a lead 5 bucks a lead on up to 100 200 dollars a lead too so if you're in a business that you're trying to scale and you're sensitive about your lead gen cost then you want to take as many of those leads and monetize as many of those leads as possible. Well, if you're a hammer and you only have that one solution, whether it's on the cash buyer side or on the listing side, you can't monetize as many of those leads. So it's both. So I wanted to circle
2: back to that, but (laughs) I first want to hit on the, what's actually on the form. I don't want to walk us through every single question, but what are some of the ones that are pretty unique that maybe
1: people don't typically think about asking? Okay, so let me give you the overarching philosophy here. We call it the four P's. When you're using the form, what the form does in two pages with about 50 different questions or lines of questions or fields that you have to fill in, what that does is it actually just answers or addresses four P's that we're trying to uncover. The first two P's, and I'll break them down because it's an acronym for four different things that you're trying to uncover. The first two P's you get done in the first few minutes of the phone call And that's, is it a property type that I can deal with? In other words, if you don't do vacant land, then you don't have solutions for vacant land or commercial properties, then you want to qualify that right up front. It's kind of a knockout question. Second thing is, are you talking to the person, that's the second P, who has control of that property? Are they entitled to the property? Are you talking to a friend of the owner, for example? So you have to not waste your time and obviously address those right up front. Those are the two easy ones. The second two P's are a little bit more in-depth. And the sheet, it does a couple of things. Number one, because of this line of questioning, it allows you to build rapport with somebody by virtue of your seeking to understand them with a line of questioning they're not used to from commissioned salespeople. So you build rapport with them and it helps you agitate some pain and urgency because you have to break this inertia of them doing nothing with their property to get them to act. And that involves people getting emotional and getting into what we call that negative fantasy that keeps them up at night when they're worried about what this property, if they don't get rid of it, is going to do to them in life. So the second two Ps are pain and profit. And that's what really takes up the bulk of the sheet. And the magic behind the methodology is the profit is self-evident. It's obvious. If I want to find out what kind of profit potential I have on this as a deal maker, then I've got to understand what the cash flow opportunity is? Are they willing to leave the loan in place, for example, on a subject to acquisition? Is there potential because they don't need to sell it right now for us to lease option it? What would the spread be between what market rent is and my carry cost on the property if I was going to structure something like that for a cash flow deal, for example? So the profit potential, the line of questioning gives you permission and helps you build rapport naturally and gives you the actual facts that you need to determine if there's profit potential from a cash flow perspective and or equity position. And then the other p is pain or urgency. So the questions are designed so that you want to agitate the pain to build the urgency to get them off the couch, for example, to actually take action, whether that's getting the property listed or getting it under contract. You have to agitate that pain because if you're going to get a deal, people only leave equity or cash flow in deals if they're making an emotional decision. So you have to stir the emotion. And that's where I think people fail the most. So our typical lead intake is going to take anywhere from 30 to 45 minutes, assuming we know the first two P's we have check marks with. They are in control of the property and it is the type of property that we want to deal with that we can monetize. If we know those first two P's, then the rest of the conversation should take about 30 to 45 minutes. If you're doing it correctly and I'll tell you that when it relates to the pain portion of the questionnaire, the type of questions that elicit that pain and agitate the emotions to get them to take action. I've asked somebody what they want to get for their property on the front end of the phone call, and I've compared it to what I can get them to sell their property for at the end of the phone call. And it's like ten dollars to $15,000 difference just by virtue of making that pain front of mind for them. So I'll give you an example coming back to your initial question, what are some questions on here that maybe somebody doesn't ask? Or maybe they do ask, but they don't take it third level, okay? So for example, somebody says they just inherited the house. So you're gonna see a lot of that. We have 2 million houses in the probate pipeline with the boomers dying off right now. And there's a lot of heirs or siblings that don't wanna contend with those properties. So if you're talking to somebody, for example, who just inherited a house, they're in another state and they're trying to unwind the legacy of this property, owner, their deceased family member or parent, and they're telling you that that is how they have the property, then what I'm not going to do is just leave it there. I'm going to say, well, what happens if you can't sell it? Who's helping you with this probate case or to help liquidate all these assets? And then they're going to tell me, I'm going to uncover more of their pain and more of their situation that is going to be more agitating to them. So it's not even the questions on the sheet. It's kind of the mindset you have. The sheet gives you permission to go second and third level to agitate pain, to get them to take action.
2: Very interesting. You mentioned that once this sheet is completed, then what are the next steps? Because it sounds like for you, you have people that use this and they can kind of come back to you and your program and talk through it. What about people who don't have access to this? What should they do once they've finished out
1: their intake? That's a good question. So as you evolve as a licensed agent, short of having somebody you can link into that can help you put all this information together into a practical solution. I've never had that question before because the people that we work with, we work with on a consistent basis and they're around the country, right? So I don't want to get into a pitch here, but if you don't have somebody that can help you put those tools together, I guarantee you the way you find them is you can just do on Google and find people who are spending big money for leads like this that have dealt with sellers in urgent situations. So if you're a licensee and you want a quick low hanging fruit way to find those people, you can go to your local RIA meetings and find somebody who helps people with different deals that does coaching programs. They'd gladly be able to get on the phone with you to help you unpack one of these after you finish it so that you can get their feedback on how to do it. Because a lot of times they'll either provide the funding for it or they want a JV with it, or there's an incentive there to turn it into a deal and to take you by the hand and walk you through that process. Another way to do it is to go on Google And just type in sell my house cash and you're going to see all the people who pay big money for Google AdWords to be found by sellers who you've already started working with. And you can collaborate with that person and they'd be happy to do it because the incentives are there to partner with you on a deal. I'd say that those are the two easiest ways to do that. You could also just look at the mail you get at your own house. A lot of people get the direct mail from people who pay cash for houses or just Google cash for houses in your local area and you'll find people who market in your geography that want leads like this, that will partner with you. So I would say lean on somebody like that. And if I was in that situation and I had one of these done, and by the way, I'll walk through the structure of the type of information you're getting without going into the exact questions. If I had that already done and I could take a picture of it, the front and back of that sheet and send it off to that experienced cash investor or that deal maker, and then I jump on the phone with them, they have everything they need right there to unpack the deal because I'm actually collecting more information than chances are they're even getting on their intake phone calls. That makes sense.
2: I'm glad we talked about this because I think this clearly applies to real estate agents, but as you kind of mentioned a few times, it really applies to anyone who's talking to owners and attempting to get them to sell their house. So that applies to anyone who's generating off-market leads. And some of the big takeaways that I got is, first of all, this is kind of obvious, but making sure that right off the bat on the phone call, you're asking the questions that will automatically let you know if you're talking to the right person and if this deal meets your criteria. That way you're not going to waste time in the meaty part of the conversation, which is the profit potential and then the pain and urgency. It sounds like In a sense, you're trying to tap into what would make them motivated to sell the property or why they're motivated to sell the property. And it's most likely going to be some emotional reason That's going to be an emotional decision, which is what's going to help you not only get leads, but get the best types of deals. And then overall, kind of shifting your paradigm from just intaking a bunch of facts and then leaving it there, as opposed to approaching and saying, hey, as you said, you're at point A. And you want to get to point B, let's figure out how we can use your house to get to that point. And then going through a solid seller intake form, but not just relying on those questions only, but using those questions to catapult into the second level and third level questions. And you kind of give us an example of that. And then you talked about how can you create this form? And then once you have this form, how do you know what to do with it? Well, you really need to find someone who's the expert. I like the advice you gave. You can just Google sell my house cash and you'll find all the companies that are trying to
1: capture these leads and you can work with them. So
2: John, is there anything else you want to mention before we sign
1: off? Yeah, I'll give you one last juicy tactical nugget. It's the setup of that phone call. So literally when you first talk to that seller on the phone, my question is, have you ever worked with a licensed professional who takes more of an advisory approach to solving problems as opposed to only mm-hmm. listing houses right off the bat that sets a different tone with you. Yeah. And so they say, well, no, I haven't. Cause they never have. Right. Well, let me tell you what I do. I solve problems for sellers and, In various situations, various scenarios, in various life situations, whether it's divorces or they're missing payments on their house, especially in today's environment. So sometimes listing your house isn't the best thing. So my intent with this phone call is to get as many of these puzzle pieces on the table of information about your situation, where you're trying to go and what you're trying to accomplish. So that we can together put our heads together and figure out how to put these pieces together to get you from point A to point B. So with your permission, I'd like to ask you some questions about your house and your situation, and then we'll be able to solve this problem for you. Is that fair? And then that's the intent statement that we use to set up that actual phone call. Mm -hmm. And then you have permission to go into everything because they know what you're trying to accomplish now, and you clearly are different than your competition.
2: Yeah, instead of just going straight into the questions, that totally makes sense. Making sure you have that solid intro to set the foundation for the conversation. Thank you for sharing that, John. Well, all right, best of listeners. Thank you for listening. You can learn more about John at investoragent.com. Thank you for tuning in, as always. John, thanks again for joining me today. Enjoy the conversation. Have a best ever day, and we'll talk to you tomorrow.
0: Groundbreaker helps you increase productivity and investor satisfaction by automating fundraising, reporting, and investor relations through elegant and powerful workflows built by syndicators for syndicators. Go to groundbreaker.co forward slash Joe. That's groundbreaker.co forward slash Joe to get a free deal pitch deck template. Ever wonder how the top in real estate got there? The Invest This podcast hosted by real estate investor Scott Bauer interviews the top names in the industry, giving you the tips and tricks that help you catapult your real estate business to success. Find them at investthispodcast.com.